What's happening? Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of the Final Score Podcast. Uh, looking forward to this one, because on this week's episode, uh, we will talk to Pat Cadden, uh, the new uh, varsity football coach at Frederick High School. Uh, Pat is a Frederick High alum, uh, been the defensive coordinator for the cadets uh, over the last six uh, years, including this past season when, when Frederick had one of the best defenses in the state. Uh, only uh, 60, 70 points allowed all season, uh, six shutouts, uh, and, and that's a big reason why they were un, unbeaten for the first time in the regular season since 1968. So we'll talk to Pat about his new job and uh, taking over at his alma mater and all that. Uh, but first, uh, I bring in my colleagues, uh, John Cannon and Alexander Dacey, uh, here in the FMP Sports Department. And uh, lots of news uh, this past week, guys. Not only was Pat hired by Frederick High, but but Ryan Hines, uh, the uh, former Urbana and Walkersville coach, uh, who uh, was the Urbana AD and is, is currently serving in the uh, uh, front office at Urbana, um, he was named the new head coach at Tuscarora. So, John, your, your, your thoughts on these couple of moves here? Yeah, that's a surprise, Ryan, coming back. Um. You know, you remember what he did at Walkersville. He, he got them, uh, they were starting to turn around, and then he went over to Urbana and won a state title, and and uh, now he's back. at And Tuscarora, I mean, they, uh, you know, they, they make the playoffs here and there, but they're one of the, the Frederick County teams that hasn't won a state title, so maybe uh, maybe it'd be interesting to see what he can do there. Alexander, did you get to know Pat uh, Cadden at all? Uh, Not really, no. I mean, or? I only covered Frederick for, I think I, I covered Frederick twice. It was on back-to-back weeks and that was it. But I mean, I mean, I, you know, I obviously, you know, saw, saw the, the, the fruits of his labor. I mean, the, the two weeks, two weeks I covered them, they allowed, you know, six points across the two games. So their, you know, you know, their defense was just dominant. And again, you know, if we're going for, for an in-house hire with, um, uh, you know, you know, with, with Kevin Perry now, now in an administrative role, uh, you know, it seems like about as good, about as good of a one as you can get. So that leaves Thomas Johnson is the only uh, coaching mm-hmm. vacancy, uh, the football coaching yeah. vacancy in the county, and it'll be interesting to see who who they might hire as their uh, next football coach. Um, uh, on the uh, basketball front, Alexander, yeah. uh, we, we we talked about this last week. Uh, you are working on a story on uh, Aaron Schaffner of Urbana, a freshman uh, who's one of the leading scorers in the county. Just what did you glean from 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 Mr. Schaffner when you talked to him this week? Yeah, so I mean the the first thing you 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 notice which which is what Dave Cromer noticed the Urbana head coach when he saw him for the first time in middle school last year is just his his size. He's 6 foot 4 and he's a freshman. He's 14 years old. He's 6 foot 4. Um, two inches. He's already like two, three inches taller than me. Does he come from um, a big family, or? Uh... Uh, I mean, so he's got a twin brother who's on JV, who's five ten. So they're, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so um, who definitely got the, who got the better end of the gene pool I, there. I know, right? So they're, you know, definitely, definitely taller. I mean, he's he told me he's always been a tall kid. So, um, but you know, it's just the the first thing you just notice is is his size, and you, it's like one of those things where like you don't even realize that he's a freshman until you you know you look actually look at the roster. Um, but I mean, you can expect in middle school, you know, with a kid who was you know probably foot t- you know you know half a foot to a foot taller than everybody else, he was moving fairly easily, just kind of dominating. But you know, like like it it was clear to 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 Dave you know to Coach Cromer that. That that they definitely had something with this kid, just just again, just because of his size and ability to move down. But the the two questions he kind of had coming into the year was, all right, can he shoot? Can he shoot like instead of you know he's going to get to the basket and score obviously, but can he shoot? Like can he get outside and shoot? They quickly found the answer to that was yes, he can. Um, but then the second thing was, how is he going to adjust to the speed of RC? Because you're going from playing eighth graders. So all of a sudden playing like seeing you know you know seniors like people three years older than you and the speed of the varsity game is just so much faster um and he said that was a bigger adjustment but clearly by he was fine by the time the first game came around because he scored 26 points in their opener um and i mean he's just you know teams are starting to think kind of you know figure out how to like maybe take at takeaways outside shooting and they kind of realize oh you know you know he's he's a he's a big threat so we can maybe scheme to to, to pull him out but um, you know, it's, it's just kind of a, it's, you know, it's like the first time that he can remember or ban ever having a day one freshman starter. And I, you know, I know John, you've, you've mentioned this as well. Like there's not many probably ever in the County, especially on the boys side the that boys. have been 
day one freshman, you know, day one freshman starter. Well, not so. only that, but he's like leading the well, county. He's leading scoring. the county scoring. That I'm sure that's probably never happened. Or he's, I think he's, he's, you know, falling back to second. Or he's a little bit. He's right there. Right though, there. Yeah. He's in the top like two. So you know. Well, his teammate, his teammate RJ Roche, is yeah. uh, overtaking. Yeah. How, how dare RJ? And he's, do and he's that? only a sophomore too. So like they've got a you know, got a really young. I mean, just a really young team. Uh, that, well, we'll have to talk to RJ sport. about ruining our narrative uh, <laughs> uh, here. But um, it's it's I think second, se- you know, only barely being second and maybe potentially finishing first later. That's eh, not too bad. It, it, it takes a special set of circumstances, right, John? I, I mm-hmm. mean, for for something like this to happen, we we, we talked about last week, like Zach Thomas, right? Uh, b- brand new school, the the go to player. Um, yeah, they only had they had they had freshman and sophomores year year he did it, and they didn't play. Uh, uh, they were playing smaller teams like New Life and everything like that. They weren't a four A school <laughs> like right. Urbana is. Right. Yeah. It was, so he he was sort of like uh, not maybe not, not the perfect situation, but yeah. but just just the circumstances just fell mm-hmm. fell perfectly into place mm-hmm. uh, for someone like Zach, who obviously was 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 a great player. Not 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 to take away right. uh, from anything uh, he accomplished. Um. But 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 yeah, it's it's just a it's just a rare thing. I mean. For boys, for boys, for boys, for, for boys. Yeah. I mean, not only is he a freshman on the varsity team, which which you don't often see, he's he's, he's getting minutes and mm-hmm. and he's making the most of them, but by, by actually scoring. Right. Um. Staying with basketball, uh, uh, you saw your band and girls have been going through a bit of a rough patch. Yeah, right? and you know they. Uh, I mean, they they ever since their their uh their you know effectively buzzer beating loss to to Linganore, um, they they dropped they dropped a game to Frederick. Didn't look great against TJ. They had an unusually close result there, and then they just dropped one uh, tonight, Wednesday night, uh, to Oakdale. They they uh, they blew a fourth quarter lead and lost. So you know maybe a little bit a little bit of a rough patch for them. But you know, as, as I'm sure, uh, as 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 pretty much any coach will say, better now than better now than in the playoffs. But uh, they're kind of you know they're I, I think they honestly I mean tonight you know against Oakdale they looked great for the first three quarters. Um, and they were you know they were. On you know, it looked like they were getting ready to just sort of slowly, kind of slowly but surely put the game away. But then Oakdale brought Oakdale just just brought a full court press and that kind of threw threw uh, Urbana out of its like offensive rhythm. And you know they were they were getting like rush shots and they were they were they were throwing passes to you know throwing passes to Oakdale a lot of tie ups. Um, you know they were they just couldn't really get set. And so I think they're again they're kind of still fine. I think they're you know kind of finding their way a little bit you know uh, again unexpected rough patch but you know i mean and, and credit to oakdale and frederick right, High yeah. for, for for beating uh, a team of Urbana's right. caliber but what does joe blazer your band coach sort of think is going on right now um i don't i i didn't i didn't ask him too specifically just about uh, just about this about this specific stretch it's it's he seemed fairly optimistic though like 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 they can get out you know like they'll be able to get out of it um uh, and that you know, it's it's something that it's not like it's not like a lack of effort, right? Like like they're like they're they're playing through hard through all these games, um, you know. So maybe it's just a you know. And again, I I again I I saw the Linganore game and then the Oakdale game, so um, you know I I don't you know I can't maybe quite comment on the on the other ones, um, but you know it, it just seemed like I mean the Linganore game was a toss up and and Linganore won, so whatever. Um, but the Oakdale game was just they kind of got sped up in the fourth quarter, and you know something something they'll take away, something they'll learn. But he didn't again. He didn't seem too like too alarmed, at least at this stage. So. Yeah. And we are recording this in the middle of the week, John. Mm-hmm. There's a big girls game uh, looming uh, later in the week between Walkersville and uh, Williamsport. Uh, do I have that right? Uh, explain right. the significance of that. Uh, yeah, they're both unbeaten in the uh, Gambrel division. So I mean. Uh... Yeah, it's about the midway point of the season, but right now, whoever wins that game will be in first place and have the inside track to winning that division and going on to the uh, conference championship game. Of course, they'll meet again later, but uh, yeah, so that's a big one. And yeah, of course, yeah, and yeah, has been playing really well lately. We should talk about Linganore. That was yeah. kind of the upset of the week, losing to Westminster uh, no, on Tuesday it. night. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, and I, I covered that game, and it's one of those things. I mean, Linganore's got that, that defense that just causes all these turnovers, and they were doing that. And uh, they, but they just weren't making that many shots. But they were up by like ten points a good bit of the night. But they just could never get beyond that ten to twelve point. And Westminster kind of was lurking around, lurking around, and made a run and knocked them off. And uh, I think it's a, honestly, I I think it's a good thing for them because uh, 
I, I don't. I talked to a lot of coaches, and I, I'm, I didn't. Rachel didn't say this, but uh, Rachel Leister, Dave Lingenor's coach. But a lot of coaches, they don't want to be undefeated going into the playoffs. They like to have that loss. First, you don't have the pressure. It, it, being t- it takes the pressure off, yeah. And also, you know what it feels like, and you and uh, maybe it kind of keeps you a little more even keeled. You know, you, you realize you got to keep working, and so. Yep. Couple of non basketball notes I wanted to bring up. Uh, Brody Buffington, uh, the the tremendous sprinter for Catoctin High School, ran the fastest time in the nation last weekend, uh, last Saturday, uh, down in Landover at the Prince George's uh, Sports and Learning Complex, which is uh, the site of the uh, state track meet. Uh, he he blazed to a six point two five second time in the fifty five meter dash, which put him number one in the country uh, according to mile split. So. Uh, we had a chance uh, to uh, write about him, and we had we had a story uh, in the paper in the middle of this week. Uh, for those of the for those of you who might have seen it, talking about how he's being carefully managed this season, they don't want to overdo it uh, in, in these uh, pre championship season meets, and even in the championship season meets, they 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 don't want to overdo it because there's still an outdoor season to come. Um, but uh, but 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 Brody. Uh, Every time he runs, uh, something uh, amazing has a chance of happening, and and, and it sure did uh, last weekend um, in Landover at the Montgomery uh, Invitational, and the Catoctin boys uh, look look very formidable. They'll they'll, they'll uh, be uh, pretty big favorites to, to repeat as uh, state indoor team champions, and in, in wrestling, our our two best wrestling teams uh, met this week. Uh, unfortunately, at Liberty High School, so we didn't get the chance to cover it. It was a tri match at Liberty, but um, Ligonor, uh, a team that we had ranked number two for much of the season, that they, they they found a way and wrestled a great match uh, to beat Middletown. Uh, so uh, Ligonor um, <clears throat> moves to number one in the rankings, and and, and that was a big win for the Lancers, uh, knocking off uh, Middletown in a duel. Um, uh, at uh, Liberty High School uh, this past week. All right. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. And when we come back, uh, we'll welcome in Pat Cadden, a new uh, football coach at Frederick High. Stay with us here on The Final Score. Well, there certainly has been a lot of news on the high school football front here in Frederick County over the last week. Uh, last Friday, uh Tuscarora High School uh, hired Ryan Hines, uh, former Urbana and Walkersville head coach uh, and athletic director at Urbana. He'll be the new coach at Tuscarora. And uh, right around the same time, uh, Frederick High tapped its new coach, uh, a a former alumnus, uh, Pat Cadden. Uh, Been the defensive coordinator there for the last six years. And and Coach Cadden, I'm very pleased to say, joins me in studio right now. Uh, I mean, you're a Frederick High grad. Uh, ever think you'd be the football coach there one day, or? Um, I think it was uh, always wanted to be the football coach there one day. Um, you did. When, when, when did that dream start? I think it was always, you, you know, sitting pregame and talking with your teammates and like, man, I would love to come back here one day and, you know, run run the program. Um, how, how old were you at the time? Uh, probably junior senior year. Okay. Yeah. Um, and but you know it kids talking, you know, <laughs> and then, uh, I went away, joined the military, went away. And then as I came back, I got into coaching youth football. And then at that time, Vince Ahern brought me into high school and probably four or five years into coaching high school, it was like, a okay, let's start building a resume to move this direction. Right. So you knew you wanted to be in coaching even when you were playing back in high school. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, you start realizing once you get around, like, real talent, like, man, I'm having to technique, technique, you know. I didn't have that gifted, like, just pure talent. So so once you start getting into the X's and O's, that stuff started fascinating me more than going out and actually playing. Man, and, and the leadership piece, uh, helping oh, kids, um, uh, help shaping kids' lives, that all appealed to you, it seemed. A- absolutely, and that's kind of a... Uh, that's kind of where I'm at now after my, my military career is winding down. It's more for me, it's more about we, we teach them how to be good young men and the wins and losses are going to take care of themselves on the field. I think we've spoke about that before when we've talked like we, we, we just got good kids at Frederick right now and the wins and losses are taking care of themselves. Right. So, so what has life been like since last Friday <sighs> for you? Man. Uh, and, and I think we spoke coming in like, you don't truly realize how much there is behind the scenes. Um, 
even in talking to Kevin, he could, oh, you're going to have to do this, this, this. But until it's you have to do this, this, and this, you don't realize how much there is right. behind that. So a lot a lot of people reaching out, wanting to talk, wanting to get their interview. Um, and just parents reaching out, hey, how does my kid fit? Um, what what does my son need to do? Um, it's it's a little bit less of that because the parents know me. I've been there for six years. Um, administrations, teachers. Hey, by the way, you got this kid. They're doing this in the class, and it's like, okay, let me let me handle this first, and then we'll move on to some other stuff. But yeah, it's just been a whirlwind trying to get the feet and start moving in a direction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how much does your familiarity with the program? How much does that help you um, heading into a job like this? I, I I think it does help. I mean, I'm not I'm not having to learn names like some other coaches might be. Oh, who's this kid? Who's this kid? I, I know all the kids in the program. And for the most part, we've done a good job the last few years getting our seventh and eighth graders involved. So even the incoming freshmen, I pretty much have a good idea of who they are, who their parents are. Um, I think it's more of, a, for me, not being in the building yet, kind of getting my face with the administrators that they, they know who I am, that, look, if there's an issue with the football player, like you can come to me and talk to me about it. Yeah. And Kevin Perry, uh, the former coach, is in the building too. He's now the assistant principal, so that that's got to be a, a a level of comfort for you. That hey, if you really uh, have a question or need something, that Kevin will be able to help you out still. Oh yeah, absolutely. And he's he's been outstanding in that. It's not like, well, here's the box of stuff. I actually went by on my way here on a day off. He was in there getting his office organized and gave me a whole box of stuff. It's not. Oh, here it's your your problem now, and walk away. It's kind of a, a, a slow process in him handing the stuff off. Right. So, so the season ends in November. Well, earlier than you wanted, obviously, I and mean, we'll get into that a little bit. But then, but then Kevin's uh, in line to take this assistant principal job. Just sort of, just how did this all come together for you over the last uh, three to four months? Um, he had been, and I'm not, I'm not sure the exact date, but probably the last two, three weeks of the season, he was the acting principal. And and he and he was being told like, not many people go from acting principal back to the classroom. So right. there there was a pretty good, like we we were thinking pretty much he was he was going to be moving on. So it was it was a lot of okay, well let's get the resume together and just be ready when that opportunity comes. And it wasn't it was probably mid December he announced like he was going to be stepping down and just started getting the resume together and moving in that direction. He did a great job of not necessarily letting the kids, they, they probably knew, but it wasn't a distraction. Like, Oh my gosh, are we going to have a coach next week? Like he, he did a good job talking to the coaches and keeping, keeping the focus on playing football during the season. Right. Did, did you feel you had an inside track? I mean, obviously, obviously some of your, your, your colleagues and friends, um, have their have their credentials uh, to to take over a program like this. Uh, Bob Plant, for one, was that was been a head coach, a uh, high school football head coach down in Clarksburg before, and he's got a long coaching career. So, so thinking that Kevin was going to step down eventually, and even when he did, did, did you feel you had the inside track? I don't necessarily think inside track. I mean, I'm I'm pretty confident in the resume that I've put out there. So, I I think when we spoke before, it was it was always whatever they feel is best for the kids, I'm, I'm on board. And I think the current coaching staff was like, we really just want somebody who's part of this current coaching staff to keep the staff together and let, let's keep this thing rolling. Um, out of the coaching staff, I have been there the longest. I've been there about six years. Um, we were kind of there when, when me and Kevin started rebuilding this thing. So I think I knew the inner workings a little bit better than maybe some of the other coaches, but um, I, w- I wouldn't say I had an inside track. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you, uh, just to talk about your path back to Frederick High, uh, first of all. Um, but, uh, well, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, what, what I was going to ask is just, um, did you, when you came back to Frederick High, uh, did you come back wanting to be the head coach one day? Um, I, I think it was more of a, I mean, I, I couldn't keep seeing what we were putting out there. It was, excuse me, it was after, uh, 
because I was coaching at TJ at the time. Yeah. And and I don't even think I left that field and kind of slipped Coach Perry my number and was like, hey, give me a call. Let's talk. And I think I think we won that day 66 to nothing. And it was just a. You, you, were, you were sad for your program. Your yeah, program. yeah. My, I'm an alum, all that. And it's it's one of those like. At that time, people would say, oh, why? Why is Frederick? Why do people leave Frederick and not come back? You know, and, and I was like, well, we hear that. But. Am I part of that problem, you know? So so I kind of felt a calling to go back to the alma mater and do what I could to help turn it around. Um, but you weren't saying, I want to come back here and eventually one day be the head coach. You weren't thinking that far ahead, necessarily. Not, not that yeah. far ahead, no. Yeah. I, I knew at that point. I, I mean, I was the D coordinator at TJ, and we and we had some pretty good defense. So I said, man, I'm not going to give up 66 points to TJ again. So let me, let me go back there and see what we can do with that Frederick defense. And – I think this year kind of culminated. We we kind of turned it around pretty well. Yeah, because Kevin came in and you guys were really at the ground level. Yeah, and, and then and, and then you said yeah you you slipped them your, your your card or your 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 phone number or something yeah. after one of those uh, 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 intracity uh, battles and you said hey I I'm available to help and then Kevin did he reach out to you right away or was was it did, um, did it take a couple of weeks and months uh, it, for him to give you a call or no it wasn't long after it was probably the week after that game um, and at that point I think um, Coach Smith Jerry Smith out in Brunswick. He was the head coach then. He he had pretty much made his mind up that he was leaving TJ as well. So right, so there was going to be a whole big transition. Yeah, yeah. So so my uncertainty at TJ and and I, I just felt like it was probably a good fit. I know he had Kevin had coaches in and out. He didn't really have a stable coaching staff. So I was like, maybe I could go over there and be his first piece that he could start building the coaching staff. Um, and and that's kind of where it took off. Right. How, how did you and Kevin sort of tackle this huge rebuilding project? Because when we say rebuilding, I mean, you guys were struggling to be competitive yeah. in any games. Well, and, and now you've been one of the best if, uh, 3A teams in the state uh, for, for the past two years. So how, how how were you able to come so far? And just how did you look at the project from from its initial phases? I, I, I think the first thing, and, and I think um, Mr. Kendro did it. Uh, Frederick a huge favor by giving us that independent schedule. Uh, when I first went over there, it was their first year. Cause, so they got two years of an independent schedule. I mean, so you weren't playing the Ligonors and the uh, Urbana yeah. and, and, the, and the cream of the crop. So, so you could kind of take your breath, take a deep breath and you're, cause I, look, hats off to Frederick County. It's, there's some tough football in Frederick County. So we were able to kind of go out and handpick some opponents that not, not that they were cupcakes, but teams we could compete against. Um, and, and I think right off the bat, we kind of solidified a coaching staff and, and we were able to kind of get rid of the attitudes we needed to get rid of on the football team. I think that second year, especially we played with 20 kids. I mean, we, our first scrimmage, we actually scrimmaged Bob Plant. Um, I think we dressed 17 for that scrimmage, right? which, which is almost unheard of with the three, a school dressing 17 for a football game. Um, but the, but those two years were were huge because we had a little bit of success and then success breeds success right like kids started coming out and that twenty man roster turned into thirty man to this year I mean shoot we had to make cuts this year yeah what what, what did you and Kevin feel you had to accomplish in the, in those sort of years where you were literally working from the foundation I, up I think it was we we knew we had to change the culture which. Getting getting rid of some of the attitudes that oh we're never the the I can't type attitude to hey let's try and figure out and man we had we had a great leader in uh, Kasai Barnes who was a sophomore that year um, who just phenomenal leader um, who who helped bring a team together and just started recruiting the hallways I mean. I think that year we were at every basketball game, asking every basketball kid to come out and play all the other sports, just trying to get like-minded 
athletes together. Yeah, Kevin's told the story here before where you guys were at pep rallies saying, uh, yeah. why, why don't you guys come out for the football team instead of cheering uh, yeah. for, for the football team at the pep rally? Yeah, so. and kind of walk in the halls and anybody who was bigger than us, like, hey, come on <laughs> come on out and let's let's right. see what we can do. I mean, do. Uh, changing the culture, it's, it's easy to say, hey, I'm going to come in and change the culture, but 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 doing it, uh, like, you're, like, you're, uh, like you described now and just taking over this job, I mean, doing it is something else entirely. Oh, yeah, it, it's, I mean... Looking where we're at now and looking back on it, man, it's exhausting just thinking about all like I I mean, it was every day. Like and I'm not a teacher in the building, but I I think probably three, four days a week, just in the buildings at lunchtime in the cafeteria. Hey man, why don't you come out talking to their parents and just just trying to get as many kids on that team with the right attitudes to, to try to build something. Uh, I mean, you knew it was going to happen eventually, but did it happen faster than you even thought? I mean, we're talking about like a span of six or seven years where you guys went from virtually nothing to, like I said, a state caliber program. Yeah. I, I think we had a good idea with um, probably the, not, not this senior class, but last year's senior class when we were starting to see like, Oh man, these, these guys are football players and they're, they're not coming in talking about, Oh, I want this position or I want this number. The, it, the focus was on, I want to win. Like it wasn't all the off the field extracurricular stuff. Like they came in with a good work ethic and they started getting after it. And then Trayvon Neal's class, it was like, man, we got two classes in a row. So, so I think we seen glimpses then of, man, this thing, this thing might happen soon to, where we are now right i mean how much pride do you take that you've gotten in the program uh, to this point from, um, from where it was i, I mean I, I think and and my message after this season obviously we didn't finish the way we were but more more than the wins and losses on the field i mean i couldn't be more proud of i think this year we're we're sending we have a kid going to Columbia. I mean, just the the young men we're producing out of this program now yeah, he, is is Hugo, phenomenal. It's Hugo, right? Yeah, yeah, going to Columbia. Right. Um, I mean, it, we we always say like we're not going to know for ten years if we if we won. You know, when we see the fathers that we produce and all that. So, um, yeah, for, I'm just excited. With the with the young men we're producing out of the program. Yeah, I mean, well, what was there a moment, or when when did the culture change, or did it just change gradually over time? Like it's sort of the grass, be beating the bushes, this grassroots movement. You hey, hey, come out and play football at Frederick. Yeah, did it just happen that eventually you had the right kids in the room? Um, I I think the 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 culture definitely changed that year that we only dressed twenty because it it had to change, right? Like. You, you you weren't you weren't there just for the fun of it. If it, if you're on a twenty man football team, it, exactly. Yeah. So so I think it changed them. We didn't necessarily know what the culture was gonna be, but it definitely had changed. And and those guys uh, like who was on that team, Tory Fortnoy, Jordan Bowie, like like those guys really did an amazing job building the like. It went from because I would always tell them like, and everybody says, oh, when I was here, when I like. I know when I graduated, I mean, you couldn't, if you went to the movies and seen a football player, there was 20 football players there. And it was like, when we showed up, you would just see one football player here and there. And every, like, they really started building that like family type bond. Right. And, and now shoot, you, you see a Frederick football player somewhere, there's 20 up again, you know, like, like they're really a tight knit football team. You reference how much the schedule helped you sort of get back back yeah. on your feet. Did, did you feel it hindered you in any way just over these past couple of years? Because maybe you weren't playing the, the the strongest schedule in the county to really push your guys. Well, I mean we we've been we've been back with the county schedule. I think this is our second cycle. So for the last yeah. four years, so I, I, guess, I guess Urbana would be the one glaring uh, omission on your schedule yeah, the past yeah. couple of years. But they're coming back on, right? Yeah, they're coming on in this season, and um, we're we're looking at couple other tough teams i mean we have a week six open i know i know the ad she she's trying to track down an opponent i know damascus is in that mix rockville so we're we're looking to to play a very tough schedule especially now that everybody makes the playoffs i mean as long as it lines up right we want to play the toughest schedule that when you roll into the playoffs it's like oh we've been here it's all good right how would you describe this past season? I mean, because obviously it was great on so many levels. Uh, first unbeaten regular season since 1968. Um, and, and you guys accomplished 
so much, but but obviously it ended in the second round of the playoffs, which is not yeah. what, what you guys wanted. So just how, how do you think you'll look back on on the twenty twenty two Frederick uh, Cadet football season? Um, I mean, looking back on it again, I go back to man, this this was a great group of young men. Um, so so you can't look back and be anything but proud. Um, obviously it didn't end the way we wanted it to. Um, we, I think that week we had 13 guys out sick. Our okay, first, you're talking about the, the, the Oakdale, the, 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 yeah. the playoff game going into Oakdale and you'd be, you'd beat Oakdale by, by 21 points on, yeah. on, on their field earlier in the season. Yeah. So. And, and just getting the guys, I think our first full practice that week was a 6am practice that Friday before the game. Um, and, and when you're playing a great, like hats off to Oakdale, like they're, they're an amazing football team and they showed it by running all the way to the States. I mean, amazing athletes on that team. So when you're playing a great team like that, like the margin for error is so small that you just can't have that type of stuff. Yeah. Did you feel you were in trouble going into that game knowing your preparation was way off? Um, could, could you sense that something bad was about to happen? No, not at all. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I felt confident going into it. I mean, we 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 shown we could play with them a few weeks prior, um, and and man, when you got guys like Trayvon Neal and Tay Anderson and Davion, like, I mean, you could compete with anybody. I right. mean, the the same great athletes they have, we right. we could list the same great athletes, you know. Um, but I, I think what hurt us more is prior to that, everything had been coming to us so easily yeah. that. I think when we hit that halftime and it was three nothing, the kids were like, "Man, what? A, what is this? It's a football game at right. halftime." Like, right. I, I think that that hindered us more than than anything else. And I, I think that's why we're looking at this schedule this year. Like, yeah, that, we're we're excited to put our banners back on the schedule. Try to get another tough game that the first time we face some adversity is in week two of the playoffs. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't, it wasn't the most ideal set of uh, circumstances for yeah. you. So you, you're, you're a longtime military man. Thank you for your service. Yep. By oh, the way. Thank you. So uh, thank you. Just, just tell us why you, uh, the military uh, was the right track for you and just what you've been doing in the military for 20 years. Um, I don't think, I, I think at that, high school age if you would have told me hey you're you're gonna do 20 years in the military i probably would have laughed at you and walked away well, but what, what did you think you were gonna do <sighs> um, as you were walking across the stage at frederick high school <laughs> i'll be honest i i wasn't seeing past going playing football at king's college i mean i i, I really i was not a forward planner at all like i am now but um when my my freshman year 9 11 happened and I, I joined shortly. I, I think I went to the recruiter right after that. I finished the semester out, and uh, I left that March. Um, this is your freshman year at King's College? Yep, yep. Okay. So I and, left. and you were a lineman? Um, uh, no, actually, I played uh, linebacker, fullback at Kings. Line, linebacker, yeah. fullbacker. And yep. Is that what you played at Frederick High, too? No, I played uh, center and linebacker uh, at Frederick okay, High. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So linebacker was a familiar position, but but, yep. but, but fullback was uh, yeah. well, had a bit of a learning curve for you. Yeah, so— so I went up uh, King's College, Northeast PA. They they play a different kind of football up there where it's like they, they like their running backs big, and it, it's like that smash mouth. Is it and, three yards in a cloud of dust football? Oh, or, it, if no. that, like, yeah, yeah, that's what they're looking to do. Yeah, um, so, with all this passing game stuff, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So when I went up there and told them, yeah, I play center, and they kind of they kind of chuckled a little bit, and they're like, no, you're like a – you're you're a running back if that like so you were you were too small is that what yeah they were they, were, they yeah. were basically saying no you're too small to play line here <laughs> right, so okay. yeah yeah so that that was a little bit of a learning curve I, I was more of a, a linebacker up there um and and it worked out good for me because I wasn't the fastest linebacker in high school and there you don't need to be fast you just need to be a, a plugger in there yeah. so um. Yeah, shortly after that, uh, 9-11 happened, and I left Kings and joined the military that March. So you were spurred, you, spurred, uh, you felt a calling from, from what happened on 9-11. Yeah, my, and I, my family all had been military. My dad, not so much. He was a draftee in Vietnam, but my uncle, longtime military, my grandfather, everybody. So, so, I mean, it wasn't out of the realm. It just, I didn't feel it was for me. But, I mean... I mean, you know that time. It was like 
the patriotism and everything. And I was like, if I'm not going to do it, who's going to do it? You know? Mm -hmm. Right. So, yep. Shipped out. Um, Ended up doing a year in Korea initially and then joined the 80s. And you were in the army. You joined the army. 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 Yep. Right. Um, and then ended up in the 82nd for most of my active duty time. You did? Yeah. So I was in the 82nd Airborne as um, scout sniper in 2nd Brigade so of you, the 325. Were you like jumping out of planes and stuff? Or? Yeah, jumping out of planes. I Holy got, cow. Yeah, I got wow. about 120 jumps under my belt. Um, well, had you ever jumped out of a plane before? Did, did, you, yeah, ever, did you ever think you were the, going to do that? Well, the funny, the funny part, I said I, I had taken off five times before I ever landed in the plane. So I had never taken a plane trip up until me joining the army. First time ever being in the plane, I jumped out of it. Holy cow! Yeah, yeah right. Uh, so how do you, how do you condition your mind to do something like that? I think it's it's one of those like uh, and just just understanding. Okay, this is this is something to be afraid of, and you, you face that, and you just go. So you never even like had taken a family trip to Disney World or no, anything never, like that in, never. in a plane. What, 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 what were you thinking the first time you you flew in a plane? Uh, I I think that that time taking it off and they're checking your your shoot, and I'm just and, like, and what you, am well, I doing? Okay, right, exactly. Yeah. So, so the first time you ever were on a plane, you knew you were going to jump. I out knew of it. I was going to jump out. What, of it, yeah. what was going on inside of you at, at that moment? Uh, so I think at that time my. My parents would say, "Oh man, this is exactly him." But in my, like, it was just, "Oh, why not?" That was that was always my attitude of like, "Oh, why not me? Did, I'll did, do it. Why not jump jump in the deep end?" Huh? Yeah, why not? If we're gonna do it, let's do it, right? right. Like, and, and what were you were you thinking? Like, do we have to? Are we, we're still going higher and higher and higher. Yeah, like, were yeah. you thinking like, do we have to go this high? Or? Yeah. So so when you jump out, it it's not like um. So, so these are like what they call static line jumps. You're hooked to the aircraft, and the aircraft actually opens your chute. So you're you're not like when you go on your family vacation and you're like, I can't even see the ground. That's not where you jump. You're at okay. like 2,000 2, feet. Oh, no, 2,000. Two, not even 10,000 oh, feet. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. That's, a, that's a different kind of jump. It's a halo jump. But um, we're, we're somewhere between two to 3,000 feet when you're in training. But, but still... It might as well be 40,000 feet oh, exactly. when, 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 you, when you're going to jump. So, yeah. And were you thinking like, oh, no, what if, what if something goes horribly wrong? Or can you just not think that way when I, you're about to do something like that? I'm just always like, uh, hey, let's let's go after it. If, if something goes wrong, we're going to figure it out. And and I think that's just how I tackle my life. Like there's there's nothing you you confront problems you, oh, 100%. You, you you don't you don't try to avoid them or dodge them you you take things head on head head on yeah but is, is that that's the only way to do it or you you feel or i i it works for me i know everybody's different i know for me it's yeah let's, I, i'm not like that i, yeah. I, I i'm looking to <laughs> i'm looking to steer clear of problems I'm, yeah. I'm not looking to take them head on yeah so. I, I just always found and i and i wasn't maybe not necessarily always like that, but I've always found when I avoid them, they always catch up to me. And then I got two or three problems where yeah, let, let, let's just tackle this one problem at a time. So this problem isn't around when another problem comes around. No, let so, me say it's, a, it's an admirable trait. I, yeah. I, I wish I was more like that. I, yeah. I, I wish I was more willing to just take problems on head on and get, and get them solved rather than avoid them and letting them linger and then keep worrying about them and worrying about them and worrying about them. Yeah. Uh, was military life, was military life was that for you right away or did you take to it uh, pretty quickly or Um I I I did. I I loved the military life cuz it reminded me a lot of times football like being with the team it, it's it's all that team give me a mission and as a group we're going to figure out how to accomplish this mission um so so it always i i always felt comfortable doing that type of stuff um once once i got married um my priorities started to change a little Did bit you meet your wife in high school or so we actually met at the ymca uh we worked together at an after school program at arvana okay. elementary so i okay. I know, and it 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 was fate because uh, we met in between the time I left Kings. I was home for three, four months, um, and I needed to get it. My parents were like, "You're not just going to sit in the house. Go get a job." So just over that four months is when I met her, and we kind of didn't think it was going to be serious, but we pen paled through basic training, and then through Korea, and then just. And what was she doing while you were in the mill? Often. Um, she was actually a year young or younger than me, so she was a senior over at Urbana High School okay. during that time. So, um, 
just stayed in touch. And then we ended up getting married shortly after that. Um, and, and the rest is history. Um, she, she kind of was pulling back on, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, cause the 82nd airborne, we were, we were gone all the time. Like that, that's, you, you just stayed deployed when you're in the 82nd airborne. So it was one of those, like it came time to reenlist and she was like, I'm going back to Maryland. I'm not, not saying we're done, but right. I'm, I'm tired of living in North Carolina away from my family and all that good stuff. And well, your wife has been, has been through the ringer. Cause I'm, it, oh, must be yeah. t- it must be tough to be married to a football coach. Too. Oh, hundred so, percent. And yeah. that's, everybody's like, Oh man, what's your wife think? Is she this stretch? Like, I'm like, man, she's an army wife. She, Right. She, yeah, she, she, she knows what right. she knows what she's getting into. Right. Um, but man, she's been amazing. Um, very supportive. Um, as, as she always has been. So that, that's, that's the story. Yeah. So you looked at army life sort of like you looked at football. You said, I mean, I mean, I mean yeah. it's a lot of hard work. It's, yep. a, it's a schedule. You're, you're, you're part of a team. Yep. Every part of the team is, is a key valuable member of the team and they all 100%. have to be working together. So, I mean Carson Smith, Middletown, who I who I'm I'm, I'm sure yeah. you know at least at least on some level, he just accepted a, a offer to to go to West Point. Yeah. And one of the things about it is when football practice starts, he gets out of boot camp. Yeah. But but he said I'm just going to a different kind of boot camp. Yeah. Uh, when, when I when I go over to the football team and and, and practice starts, so 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 really it was a lot of the same stuff, right? Oh, a hundred percent. And and that's um in the eighty second, I was part of I was a sniper team leader. So it's even a smaller group of there. There's five of us, and everybody has their job. And and if you're not pulling your weight in your job, it's extremely detrimental to a team. A lot like a football team. All right. So, so again, let me stop you there. You're a sniper team leader. How how much experience did you have firing a gun when when you got into the military? <laughs> I've never fired a gun before. Have you ever even held a gun before? Um, no, no. Was never a big right. shooter. Never, no. So you join you join the army, and and it's like football in a lot of ways, but not when you're jumping out of planes and yeah, and, yeah. And, and firing guns. So yeah. so again, problem solver. Let's tackle this head on and just jump in right into the deep end. Yeah, if we're gonna uh, do it, let's do it big, right? <laughs> you're you you're the cannonball guy at, at the pool parties. Oh, one hundred percent. Let's get the party started. Yep. yep. So, so I mean, how how'd you feel possessing a firearm and? Shooting a firearm. Um, I, w- I was never necessary. I wasn't like worried about firing. I just never had the opportunity. I grew up so you, here. It's something you had to learn, obviously. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And they actually, uh, I mean, you you talk to especially me now. I like when soldiers join and they've never fired it before because you you don't need to get rid of bad habits before you teach them how you want them to shoot. So I know they were excited because I was a blank canvas. Um, and I, I just kind of took to it because i i think was able to calm down calm the breathing and all that and just follow directions and you were you were and you were a leader you held a leadership position you were a sniper leader yeah so so you kind of progress through a team like you start out as the the radio operator because that's the heaviest ruck and you they they make them be the mule for a couple years and then you move up as the sniper and then you move to the assistant team leader. Or the sniper is usually the same person. It, it kind of stunk because once you became the team leader, you weren't really doing much of the shooting. You were more running the mission than actually being the, the guy behind every, the every, rifle. Every, every worry, ever worry that someone's going to shoot you? <laughs> one of your guys oh, going to mistakenly shoot you? <laughs> oh, of course. Uh, you mean one of our folks? Yeah. I uh, mean, did you think you were going to get shot? <laughs> oh, I mean, you're deployed. That's always that's always a... Uh, yeah, deal, but but, uh, but you're around all these guys firing guns. Like if one, yeah. did, if, uh, did you ever think there might be a mishap? Man, or there might be a stray bullet headed my it, way or something. It, it's so controlled during training that I ne- I never necessarily worried during training because okay. it's so controlled. But um, I mean, obviously, when you're deployed, that's that's always a a, a worry in the back yeah. of your head. But uh, it, it's nice being on a sniper team because there's only five of you and you're you're probably out there by yourself. It's not a Huge. A lot of people didn't even know you were there until you wanted them to know you were there. Did you, you know? did you want to join the sniper team or did they sort of <laughs> nudge you in that direction? No, I actually kind of, um, kind of backdoored it. I didn't necessarily want it. it I was, I started out in the 82nd as part of what's called a long range surveillance detachment, um, which is more 
more of like you sneak in, you take pictures, you radio stuff back and you get out. Like if, if you fire your weapon in that unit, you, you did something really wrong. Like you, you're not supposed to, but um, they, they had some slots open for sniper school and, and we kind of do kind of do the same mission. Um, so when those seats were going to expire and nobody was going to fill them, they went to the Lurch unit and was like, Hey, we need six guys who wants to go. And we all went, we went, filled the seats thinking, okay, cool. It's just something else to add to the resume. And when we got back, they were like, well, we can't really use this asset. So they pulled us out of the Lurch units, which all of us were like, well, no, we don't, we don't want to leave, but it ended up working out for me. I mean, you strike me as being a pretty nice guy, Pat. I, I believe that to be oh, true. Did, yeah. did you ever think, hey, I might have to kill someone? Um, I mean, that's the, that's the toughest thing that you'll ever have to do in your life, you know? But, right. I mean, I, I think you got to compartmentalize that type of stuff that, like, I mean. It, it's a job, I, right? I, I, I always say, like, what, what I've done in my military, I, I hope to solve all the problems so my daughters don't have to go fight, you know? So I, I kind of put it in that perspective. And I know different people have different views on that that aspect of everything. But, I mean, I, we we did what we were asked to do, you know? Um, and And I feel confident that what we did was right. So it, it doesn't necessarily bother me. I mean... You don't wake up in cold sweats or anything like that? I mean... I, no, no. But I mean, of course you think about it. Like that's, a, that's, that's a heavy, yeah. heavy burden. So uh, no, no doubt. I mean, um, I, I just, I, you, you say, oh, I, you seem like a nice guy. I, I think I just live every day because I know how precious every day is, you know? Um, yeah. and, and I think you, you just live every day to the fullest and find the good stuff and, Keep keep it moving. And do you just have daughters, or do you have do you have some sons? No, three daughters. Three daughters. Three no, daughters. No, no boys. I was blessed with three daughters. Okay, so so you don't have a future football player coming coming no. coming, coming through the ranks. Were, no. were your daughters athletes, or? Yeah, each one of them. My my oldest, uh, Riley. She she kind of dabbles in all sports. Um, she she's what's the saying? She's the the she does everything. Expert or none, but. Better, oh, the, Ma- the, the jack of all trades yeah, yeah yeah so she she plays for the maryland legacy field hockey team okay. um she'll she'll plays basketball for the walkersville middle and um she'll she'll play softball for gbaa my middle daughter is kind of honed in on she plays for the urbana rippers travel softball team um and then my youngest she's she's only seven so she's just starting to to figure out t-ball she calls it team ball um, and just kind of dabbles in everything right now. So you must constantly be at practice between oh, your, everywhere b- b- between your teams and your kids. Yeah, I mean your life is one big sporting event, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> just keep it moving, keep it moving. Uh, so you uh, you're no longer jumping out of planes. What 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 are you doing with the military uh, now? So so I'm actually winding down. I'll be retiring the, here this summer. Yeah, but, you're coming up on 20 years. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I ended up getting off active duty a little while ago and joined what's called Active Guard Reserves. Okay. So I'm one of the active duty folks at these National Guard armories, um, and I'm what's called a readiness NCO. So I'm in a unit with about 200 people, and and our job is to just make sure they're ready to deploy, like they're medical records, their training, every everything's in line that if if their time comes and they're called, they're ready to go. Uh, there's obviously Fort Detrick in Frederick, but you're not stationed at Detrick. Though. No, I'm at a National Guard Armory up in Sykesville, Maryland. In, in Sykesville. Okay. So yeah. you have a bit of a you have a bit of a drive every morning? Yeah, or? it takes me about thirty minutes. I, I like it though. I go up twenty six on them back roads and yeah. just kinda decompress coming home and sure, right. Yeah. It, it, it's a great time just to unclutter, unclutter the mind, I'm sure. Yep. So um, what else, what else was I going to ask you? So, um, so what will you do stepping away from the military? You'll just focus all your energies and efforts on the football job or so, uh, um, teaching or? Yeah, I'm actually about to complete my, um, special education degree. Okay. So, so my goal is to get into the building there. Frederick High is a special ed teacher. Yeah. And, um, kind of, kind of just start another career. Yeah. Well, what, what appeals to you helping the, the kids with, with needs and stuff like that? Um, I think, well, it started out, it started out with, man, that's really the only, I, I wanted to do physical education, but it was, 
it's tough to find an online degree right. program for physical education. So sure. it, it started out, I knew I didn't want to do elementary because I wanted to get into the coaching. So when it, when it came high school wise, I was, okay, well, we'll do special ed. But as I get into the coursework, uh, like I'm, I'm excited to, to work with kids with IEPs and just see that progression. Like you, you see them progress through their IEP and hopefully get off of it. I mean, that's, yeah, that's exciting for me. Uh, will your hours be similar? I mean, obviously the coaching stuff will take up a lot of your time, but but when are you reporting to Sykesville? Uh, oh, I'm usually shoot. We're 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 typically there. I think we're required to be there at six thirty. I think I usually get oh, there. So you'll, about, get to, you'll get to sleep in a little. Oh bit. yeah, I'm gonna get to sleep in. I, <laughs> I think I usually get there about five thirty. So I'm I'm gonna yeah. get a couple hours extra sleep. So. Right. That's exciting. Right. Um, and then we're usually there till five. So, I mean, obviously during football season, you're there a little bit later, but right. I'll even get out a little bit earlier. Which right. Will be. Um, I have to ask, and maybe, and I'm sure, I mean, all this stuff just happened. So, what, 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 what about the state of the coaching staff? Will it largely stay intact? So, do you feel? So, I've been able to talk to everybody. I mean, uh, everybody's coming back. Oh, um, they are great. Yep, yep. So we got the entire coaching staff coming back. Um, will, will there be an addition? Just uh, who's who's going to take your job as so, defensive coordinator? Um, man, Coach EJ Wallace. I'm not sure if you had a chance yeah. to meet him. He was our DBs coach. Okay. Um, he, he's young, amazing, energetic young man. Um, yeah. And, and man, he has a bright future. Um, I'm I'm glad we were able to keep him on staff. Um, so he'll he'll be he'll be taking over. I'll be I'll be helping him out a little bit until he's fully up and running yeah i mean what was it like i, I while, while we're here i should ask you what was it like to uh, just to coordinate this defense this past season the best in frederick county where, <laughs> where you guys uh i think you had six or seven shutouts yeah uh, uh, less than 70 points allowed uh all yeah. season over over um 11 games i mean yeah just just, how, how fun was it to coach this group i mean i i think you've been to quite a few of the games just the speed is that they were just so fast i mean it, it was almost to the point where like we, I think at one point we backed the linebackers up to six yards because it was like they they were overrunning their run throughs because they were they were reading their keys so fast that they were running and they were burying themselves in the line that the run throughs weren't open. So, I, I mean, and and I think we had what four four guys who had been starting on it for three years, and then you had Trayvon who'd been starting on it for four years. So yeah, freshmen like Carmelo Smallwood come on the team. Yeah. yeah um, and yeah, who if you watched him, if if you were like pick out the freshman on the team, you weren't picking out Carmelo. You know, right. it, I mean, his, his knowledge, just football IQ is through the roof. Um, we're we're excited what he's going to end up being. Um, but but just their knowledge of the defense and the inner workings and what we're looking for them to do was phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, you and Kevin said you basically weren't even calling defensive plays. I mean, you had, you had a shell. I, I I guess that you would generally be in, but then it would be up to the kids to to put themselves in the right spot based on yeah. what they were seeing from the opposing offense. Yeah, it was pretty much so. So going into week, we would kind of say, "Hey, look to trips. We want to run this to quads. We want to want to run this." And then we would tell Trayvon, "Hey, look, but this is down a distance. We want this check, this check." And Trayvon was pretty much back there calling audibles, just setting the coverage right, and then. The, the defensive front, we were we were still calling in stuff to the defensive front. But as I said, they were so fast. it was, We weren't calling blitzes because they looked like they were blitzing just seeing, reading the de- offense and running, you know. Hmm. So, so I mean, that I think that that's a once in a career type defense. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think your amazing. first game, you I think the only first down you gave up was by penalty or something yeah, like yeah, that. So, yeah. so, so you knew you had something special. Yeah, right that away first game. Yeah. I think going into the that game, I was like, man, you, you know, you never, you never truly know because at that point, you you had a four, you maybe got forty plays the first scrimmage. We we played a half against Arbana. Um, they, they said you kicked their butt, Urbana, yeah. and they were a state semifinalist in their classification. Yeah, so. I think in that scrimmage, their first drive, they were they were moving the ball. They were running something that we never worked on before, that quads. But our kids settled in, held them to the field goal that first drive, and then the rest of the scrim didn't didn't really see much. So you you never know going into that first game. But I think by halftime, when it was like, oh man, we got we got something here. So. Um, we even gave up, so we gave up that first down 
it was on the first drive. And then I think right after that, they ended up punting on like fourth and 30. Like our kids, right. uh, we, we jumped them real quick and they drove them back 15 yards and then they were punting on fourth and 30. And I, and I think from that point on, it was like the kids just kind of pinned their ears back and just were like, look, we're, we're going to get after it. Right. And, yeah, yeah, you had a number of seniors on, on this team, some very fine seniors. Uh, yeah. the, the defensive player of the year in the county, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Josh Hayward, uh, yeah. uh, he was a senior at Trayvon, uh, all-state caliber player on both sides of the ball. Uh, just what, just generally, what will your team look like next year? Because I, I know you have some good kids coming back, but you're also saying goodbye to some really good players. Yeah, it, it definitely. I, I think, and, and people have been asking me that, I, and, and what I've been saying mm-hmm. is, like, we might not have the name recognition, but I don't know necessarily if you're going to see a big fall off in any spot. I think I think we're more of a complete team now that maybe we don't have that top end receiver like a Trayvon. But I think across the board, we're solid Davey, everywhere. Davion Pryor did pretty well oh, this he, year and he'll be back. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, you got you got Davion and Carmelo. Hmm. Carmelo is also a receiver. And we being a freshman, we were like, look, we just want you to focus on this and settle in. But. Since the end of the season, he's been working his routes. He he's going to get some time at receiver. Your your great running back Tay Anderson will be back. <clears throat> oh, of course, yeah. He's he's a stud. Like and and I I said it. He he's even a better kid. I know you've talked to him. I mean, he's a great kid. Um, we got two uh, slots coming back: Jaden Nellis and uh, Trent Johnson, who are going to be they're they're top end speed type guys. Um, and I think Grayson Rollman's going to surprise some people at quarterback. And, and then you'll then the next. Stars will emerge and develop oh, yeah. and stuff. Kids, yeah. we don't know what they'll be yet. That they'll yeah. they'll they'll develop uh, yeah. over time. Um, will we have a hundred kids at practice uh, next August? Or I think right now we're um, so so. Not everybody got released from class, but when I when we met with them on Friday, we're tracking about seventy nine kids okay. right now, and that's without the eighth graders coming in. That's current high schoolers. Yeah. We're at about 79. when you and Kevin were making cuts this past August. <laughs> Was that sort of a surreal moment? Yeah, and did you yeah. think back to your days where you had 20 kids and were begging anyone that could breathe and walk to play football? Yeah, yeah. And it was kind of like, uh, okay, well, we, we told the kids, you get us you get us 100 kids, we're going to make a run at something. And now it's like, oh, man, now the pressure's on us. They did what we asked them to do. So now <laughs> now we got to figure out how to make this run, right? <laughs> right, Exactly. Yeah. So I, I have an idea for your grand entrance for for your first official game is Frederick okay. football. Always coach. open. Um, what if we get the airborne to, oh. to, to, to do a fly over the stadium and you pay and you parachute down? On, oh man, on, that would be on, huge! Onto on the fifty yard line for for your first Shoot. for your first football game. <laughs> can we can we make this happen, um, Pat? I haven't I haven't jumped for about ten years. I don't know if my knees <laughs> can take another one, but. And I don't know if we have the couple hundred grand to make that one happen. <laughs> Could your nerves and stomach still handle it? Oh, uh, I, I think I'm always down for a challenge, but I, you are. I don't know if my body can keep up with my mind, you know? Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, my man. Yeah, it, definitely. It's been a pleasure. It's been a really fun conversation. Look forward. Yeah. Uh, you guys are in your off-season program, right? Yeah, we're, we're, we've already started lifting. Um, we're looking forward. I, I got to get with um, the AD, Coach Hammond. I know – the rules have changed a little bit that we're going to be allowed 12 practices through the offseason just to kind of see how those rules line up and when we could start getting the kids on the field moving around. Um, but, yeah, we're, we've are we started lifting, started our agility training and all that. So right. a lot of our kids are in track, and I, I was watching the post. We were already getting some first-place medals, another four-by-whatever team is yeah, your relay teams making are, noise. Been, been yeah, great, yeah. And it, and it was funny. I think they just finished uh, second or third at the indoors, and there wasn't one person from the the relay team that went to nationals. Like it was it was their second guys, and they're finishing second or third. So right. I mean, speed speed kills. And, and you guys had a lot last year. We're yeah. we're starting to stack the speed. Hey hey, how do you look at your uh, city rivals here? Because uh, I mean, you know Ryan Hines. He'll yeah. be a Tuscarora, and uh, yeah. and uh, TJ will have a new football coach. Uh, but by by the start of the next season, and you guys compete. I don't know if compete's the right word because it's not really recruiting. But, yeah. but but there is. I mean, yeah, you do what you have to do to get uh, kids. I mean, but a lot of your kids could go to multiple schools within the district. So so how do you sort of look at these? upcoming battles with with your friends and <laughs> colleagues at the, at the city schools. Look, and and people people could look at it that way. I'm I'm excited to see 
Tuscarora come back in TJ because I I think it makes the county just yeah it, it makes the county better right um and and that's very true where where we we are competing for kids because kids have relatives that live in every district you know and, so and why why would they want to come play for you per se or Ryan or whoever yeah. the new TJ coach will and, be yeah and I think the biggest thing is the biggest thing we could sell is the type of young men we're producing I I think the the proof's in the pudding like when when you come in if you if you see one of my student athletes just randomly on the street, I I I could almost guarantee they're gonna say, "Hey, how are you, sir? No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. like that's that's what I'm excited to keep going. And and look, if if a young man isn't about being a good young man, the program might not be the fit for him, and and that's fine. Um, I mean that, that's what you and Kevin did, right? You, yeah, you, you got the you got the yes sir no sir kids. Yeah, so, and I, I, it was twenty at first, but now it's close to a hundred. Absolutely, and I, and I think just that same peer pressure that leads a kid down the wrong path leads them down the right path, and we just want to make sure we have the right kids in our program. And I, I think, I, I mean, that that takes care of itself. Yeah, I mean, I mean winning, winning certainly helps, but, yeah, but, 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 but just the program and playing with friends and just the whole experience that tells itself too. A hundred percent. Yeah. So Pat Cadden, uh, thanks, yep. thanks for coming in. Yeah, sir. Thanks for uh, having uh, me. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll wish you well uh, as we proceed in the off season and, and look forward to ne- next summer and, and seeing you guys get going again. So. Yep. yep. Thank you. Um, my thanks to Graham Cullen for producing the podcast for Alexander Dacey and John Cannon, my colleagues here at the news post for talking to Frederick County sports. Uh, We'll be back with you next week. Uh, Have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you next time here on The Final Score.